All right. Well, let's focus on this morning, and I want you to turn in your Bibles to Second Samuel, chapter five. Second Samuel, chapter five. And I want to encourage us this morning as we consider the um, the omnipotent power of God. Because God is all-powerful this morning. And it's a concept, it's a thought, it's a revelation that it's one thing to know that in the general sense, but as we live our lives from day to day in the situations and circumstances we face, it is imperative and important that we uh, understand that to practically apply that into our own lives. Can you say amen? Because that's where the power is needed most is in our daily lives and some of the situations and circumstances that we experience. But you see, we're talking about a miracle-working God. We're talking about a God who is able. Nothing is impossible, the scripture declares. Has the arm of the Lord been shortened? Absolutely not, was the question there uh, through Isaiah. Because God is not limited. There's nothing too hard for our God, praise the Lord. And especially as we face the realities of life and the circumstances of life as they come before us, we must um, operate and live within this revelation. Because it doesn't matter what it is, our God is able. And let me state this. This is not to negate some of the experiences that people have. In actual fact, that's what motivates um, some of the ministry and um, uh, that has uh, this topic or this theme or this word that I want to bring this morning is something that has been in the last few weeks just in my heart before the Lord as I've uh, pondered and contemplated numerous things and so I want to bring a word of God to encourage us this morning because I know that the situations and circumstances of life are real. Let's not underestimate them, underestimate them. You know, Ecclesiastes says, uh, enjoy the days of your youth because the days after that, they're going to get hard. (laughs) And so, in the circumstances of life, we face those realities and we have to work through them, process them. And in many cases, as Christians, we need God's power at work in the midst of our lives to bring... Uh, to to bring um, salvation, deliverance or whatever the situation may demand. Because the truth is, is, as we note, we have an enemy and the enemy of our soul is never uh, asleep. He's constantly at work and the hordes of hell, if you want to refer to them as, they they want to uh, undermine the work of God consistently. They want to trap us and uh, uh, and disable us. They want to bring into bondage, bring an affliction and oppression upon our lives in such a way that can sometimes lead to degrees of unbelief and hopelessness that we sense in discouragement and despair and um, um, depression, which is not really, well, it's it's not really, it's not God's will for us. But they're the forces that are at work and these are the realities of life and the circumstances even sometimes that are beyond our control we find ourselves having to process and battle with and through. And sometimes people can reach to a point where they think, you know, nothing will ever change, it will always remain the same. 
But you see, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Amen? That is a lie that Scripture says the thief comes not but to steal, kill and destroy. And the enemy of our soul is consistently at work to try and bring us into bondage. And so, in light of these things, we have to have a grasp and a revelation of our God because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Because the revelation of Scripture teaches us as such that, um, that we have a God uh, who will de- bring deliverance. Scripture says, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So in these realities we understand that there is a promised victory. There's promised deliverance that comes from our Lord. And so I want to preach this morning a message that I've entitled from 2 Samuel chapter 5, Baal Perizim. Baal Perizim. And the word, as we will see, refers to the fact that our God is a God of breakthrough. Amen. Our God is a God of breakthrough. And just that statement in and of itself teaches us something. And I want us to see it in the Word of God. I want us to learn some lessons as identified here in the Scripture and make an application. But the reality is, is our God is a God of breakthrough. This is how he has revealed himself in the experience of David here in Second Samuel. And so whatever it is that's required in our lives, deliverance, healing, freedom, uh, uh, or just general circumstances, because we have them, we must understand that our God is a God of breakthrough. So I'm going to read from 2 Samuel chapter 5 and I'm going to read from verse 17 through to verse, or to the end of the chapter, to uh, verse 25. Let's pray. Uh, Actually, let's read and let's ask the Lord to bless us. Verse 17, Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal Perizim and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. David, or therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Perizim. And they left their images there, and David and his men carried them away. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephim. Therefore David inquired of the Lord and he said, You shall not go up. Circle around behind them and come up upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For then the Lord will go up before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord commanded him and he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. Amen. Father, open our eyes, Lord, this morning. God, give us revelation. Lord, let us not just know and understand, but experience this power. Oh, the power of God in our lives. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. Now, what I want you to note is the scripture says that David has just been, in verse 17, that when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David, 
You see, this was part of the promise and plan of God that David would be king. And so here he is now entering into uh, the fulfilment of that. And on the day in which they heard it, it triggers. And so the scripture says that they, once they had heard that David had been anointed, all the Philistines went up to search for David. They went up to search for him. And the Philistines are a picture of, of the enemy. And in this case, the enemy of Israel, the enemy of David, and, and typify for us the enemy of our souls. The hosts of wickedness, if you want to call it, in which we are engaged in the spiritual battle that, we, that, that, that is triggered when we become Christians and children of God. And so here it is, David's anointed by God, he's coming into the fulfilment of the very purpose and prophetic plan of God and now all of a sudden he's coming under assault. And so this pattern is not new in scripture. The Bible tells us that Jesus himself, when the day that he was baptised and anointed of the Spirit, he was driven into the wilderness by the Spirit, led into the wilderness and after he'd fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, who is it that turns up searching for him? The devil himself. And so this is, see the pattern here, is once there is a, that anointing comes, the enemy is quick to act and he is seeking to strike at his appointed time. And the truth is, is that when we become Christians, the day in which we get saved, amen, let it be known that we become a target of hell. Because God, the, the devil hates the fact that we have, been, we have been saved, we have been forgiven, we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We're no longer his possession, amen, we're now God's possession. And we have been anointed in the spirit of God, Christ in us, and all of a sudden the hordes of hell are making you their, their target. Because they don't want to see you live successfully. They don't want you to go on in victory. They don't want you to be an overcomer as the scripture is, uh, instructs us to be. They don't want you to, be, to live as more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. No, no, no. They want you to be disabled and totally bound and miserable as a Christian. And so you have these assaults, you have these realities of life and circumstances of life that come and again there can be myriad of reasons for this but they evolve and they are real. And in the midst of the struggles of life we have to have a revelation of a God who is able. Hallelujah. Our omnipotent, all-powerful God. It says, And David heard of it. So David caught wind in verse 17 that the Philistines were coming after him and the scripture says uh, he went down to the stronghold. Thank God we have a stronghold. Amen? We have fled for refuge, the Bible says. Now this is not being so much scared of the enemy as such, but you know what? Uh, let's face it, no one wants to have to engage the, uh, the hordes of hell and so when the enemy comes, uh, uh, we thank God that we can take refuge, that we can flee to the stronghold in Jesus Christ and take refuge and find rest and strength and comfort in him. Because that's the first place in which we are to run to, amen, before we engage and do anything else in life. Uh, whatever it is that befalls us, our first response and reaction is to draw near to God. Isn't that right? It's just to find that place where you can just uh, come before the Lord, where you can just sit quietly before God and have a sense that in the storms and circumstances of life, and yes, the enemies are all around, but you can just come into the presence of God and have a sense right there is your stronghold. 
and it will always be your stronghold, praise the Lord. Thank God that we have that stronghold. You see, in verse 18, it says, The Philistines also went, because they're still coming, it's not like they've given up, and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephim. Verse 18. You see, this is important for us to acknowledge and understand here because, again, we're being taught something as the Scripture would reveal to us. Because the valley of Rephim is symbolic in Scripture and literally the word Rephim comes from the Hebrew word meaning giant. And so when we think about giants in Scripture all of a sudden we can make various references to that which relates to giants. And so the Philistines have gone down to the valley of Rephim and you can just imagine they're already searching for David. David's down in the stronghold, uh, safe and secure and yet in light of this uh, the enemy is now encamped and positioning himself in the valley of Rephim and here is the land of the giants. And uh, no doubt there is a sense uh, of the uh, overpowering aspect, uh, naturally speaking, of what is going on around David. See, giants are something that we find throughout Scripture. We know the story of David and Goliath. Goliath was a giant in which David had already slain one of the giants. We know the story that relates to Israel when they were coming into the promised land. Actually, they were told to go and spy out the land. What was it that that discouraged them? What was it that disheartened them? It was the fact that they saw giants. Giants can be quite scary. Giants can be quite overwhelming. And the circumstances of life are sometimes as such. They can be so that they appear so gigantic so far beyond our ability that we cannot try and, you know, it's not in our power to try and um, uh, overcome these things. And so we sense the, the, the circumstance, we sense the weight of what's going on around us and, and uh, in this instance the Philistines are deployed in the Valley of Brethren. The giants are there. Now remember when the giants were, when Goliath was standing before Israel, he just said, I defy the armies of Israel. The scripture tells us that they were intimidated and bound by fear. That's where the devil wants us. And then also we know the children of Israel, they were intimidated and bound by fear and unbelief and so they, they gave a terrible report to the rest of the children of Israel. And you know the story. And so you can see the pattern here and how it all works. And so the, 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 the giants are meant to be intimidating. They are meant to be overwhelming. But that's if we look at it from a natural perspective. Because although there are giants and though naturally speaking we don't stand a chance so to speak, uh, that's beside the point because we have a God, as we will see, who is able. So what does David do in light of the situation now? He sees that the Philistines are deployed in the valley of Rephim. So verse 19, the Bible says, So David inquired of the Lord. And he says, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? That's a good, these are good questions to ask. Lord, it's like, God, what do I need to do here? And the Lord said to David, Go up and I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hands. 
go up, absolutely, I'm going to deliver those giants into your hands. You see, inquiring of God is critical at this stage because we, we, we can sense the, the moment. We can sense the situation. And so we say to ourselves, well, you know what? I need the mind of God in my situation. I don't know what to do. So we have to inquire of God. Prayer is the first point. We have to go to the stronghold and we have to talk to God and we have to inquire of God. We have to seek the mind of God. We have to pray to God. Give us wisdom. Give me a strategy. What is it, Lord, that you would have me do? Because it's important we get God's word on the matter. We need the wisdom of God. And thank God we have the mind of Christ and if we, uh, as the scripture says, uh, if we will conduct ourselves in this manner, then we can have the confidence that the Lord will direct our steps. But verse 20 says, So David went to Baal Perizim. It's also interesting to note that the scripture doesn't say he went down to the valley of Rephim. He went to Baal Perizim. Because there's a perspective here that has to be grasped. And when we look at what Baal Perizim speaks and represents, we begin to realise, you know what? We've got to see things as God sees them. You say, oh my gosh, there's giants. Well, of course there's giants. But you see, we're not going down to the Valley of Rephim, we're going to Baal Perizim. Or as, uh, as, they, uh, as uh, Caleb and Joshua said, uh, they said, there's giants, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. And they said, who cares? If God is for us, God has promised us, then God will bring us into it. And so there is, see the, the, the statements of faith, see the, the attitude of heart. And so there's a perspective that must be grasped. And so the Bible says, David goes down to Baal Perizim. See, the situations and circumstances of life are not impossible for God to deal with. You may feel entrapped, you may feel overwhelmed, you may feel that the enemy is all around on every side. They're positioned in the valley of Rephim, there's giants all around you. And God says, you say, what do I do? And God says, go to Baal Perizim. Because at Baal Perizim, amen, you're going to see God work miracles. You're going to see God move in the midst of your circum, your life in such a way that you had not anticipated. So here it says in verse 20, So David went to Baal-perazim and def- David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal Perizim. You see, the word Baal Perizim is from a Hebrew, obviously, and Baal meaning Lord, Master, Possessor. And so when, when the scripture refers to Baal Perizim, it is telling us something because the word Perizim literally means breakthrough. And what the scripture is telling us is that our God is a God of breakthrough. Amen. 
And so David grasps this, he understands this and so he's now he's not facing in the valley of Rephim but he's at Baal-perazim and at Baal-perazim God reveals himself as, and, and, and moves and he says, Baal-perazim, I am the God of breakthrough. The scripture refers to it as the possessor of the breach. A breach is an opening made. In other words, God was able to penetrate through what would have appeared to be a defense, uh, uh, indefensible uh, uh, battlefront. God looks at the situation. He's not, he's not moved uh, and he is able to penetrate uh, the enemy's advance. He's able to break through. And he says, uh, like a breakthrough of water. You see, the word uh, um, a breakthrough means a strikingly important advance. You see, when the enemy's there, you think, how? And at Baal-perazim, God reveals himself as the one who breaks through. He powers through, amen. Nothing can stand in his way. That's what the scripture is saying. And David says, God has, the, the Lord has broken through my enemies. He's made a striking advance and he broke through and penetrated the enemy's defences and he says, like a breakthrough of water. And if you could picture um, uh, uh, an immense volume of water, a dam that is uh, overflowing to the full, to the brim and uh, it cannot be contained and it penetrates the wall or uh, a section and the water comes bursting and gushing out. There's a picture. God broke through the, the enemy like a breakthrough of water because I tell you, when God, amen, breaks through, you're talking about a God of breakthrough this morning that overwhelms the enemy. The enemy cannot stand. This is the picture that's being painted. And God can intervene. God can crush the enemy. God can break the strongholds. And God destroys the works of the devil and it doesn't matter what it is, whatever the giant is in your life, I'm telling you now, God can break through. He is Baal Perizim. And we need to know this. In an instant, in a moment of time, as the enemy is advancing and you don't know what to do, God can break through, he can penetrate and make a striking advance in a moment of time that can change everything. Amen. In a moment. You know, this is why I love this. We, 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 we're talking about a miracle work in God, church. You know, I know we, we, sometimes we, you know, there's the progressive aspect of things and I don't want to discount that because that has its place. But you see, we're talking about a situation where there is del there's instantaneous deliverance. There's an instantaneous change of circumstance. The enemy has been penetrated and nullified. And you see, when God breaks through in our lives in that way, there is an automatic change. You see, it doesn't matter what you've been bound by, how long they've been sitting in the valley of Rephim, how long you've been hiding in the stronghold, uh, but at the same time, amen, there's going to come a moment when God will move and God will act and it will bring a substantial transformation to your circumstance. And let's be, let's be frank and honest. We need that. 
Whatever it is, I'm talking in very, in, it, it can relate and be different things in people's, different, in, in, in people's lives and relate to different things. But we need God because God can. That's our hope. That's our confidence. He's barbarism. In, um, in 1 Chronicles chapter 14, we have a record of the same account um, that's being recorded for us. And in, in 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 11, the Bible says, So they went up to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. Then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand, like a breakthrough of water. See the subtle difference here? Uh, we're getting further insight. The Lord has broken through by my hand. I say, is it David or is it God? But you see, it's, it's God and David acknowledges clearly his part to play in this process. So, is it, you know, that before that, David's in the strongholds. He's fled for refuge. He's like, you know, he's hiding because they're searching for him. And once he gets inquires of God and God tells him specifically what to do, he walks in the confidence of God. He walks in boldness and he walks in, in the, uh, the, 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 the power of the Spirit and he marches through. And so in Chronicles, he, it states that he has broken through by my hand like a breakthrough of water. See, God can work in any way he wants. He doesn't need your hand. But he may use your hand. He may use you as a vessel to accomplish that as we inquire of him, Lord, what it is that you want me to do? And as you take the step of obedience, as you do what God's asking you to do, then all of a sudden the enemy's dismantled. God has broken through by your hand. But you see, sometimes we, we're just waiting for God to move. Sometimes God's saying, no, I've told you what to do, now do what I'm telling you to do. And then God breaks through. And what I'm saying in here is that there are various, and, and we'll see this and identify this further in a moment, but there are various ways in which we can understand the workings of God. You see, as, as I think of that, when he says, when David says, as, um, through my hand, I was thinking of Caleb. I was just, and this was just part of my reading this week actually, I was reading about Caleb and you know when he went to possess his possession in the promised land, he said, uh, um, I'm going to take um, uh, Hebron, but was formerly known as, um, uh, what is it, Kerja Arba or something like that. And, that. and the scripture says that this was the greatest of the giants. The greatest. See, it wasn't just where some of the giants were scattered. This was where the big giants were. This was where the real giants were and Caleb, he possessed that, amen. He by his hand, through the power of God and through his faith and obedience and confidence in God, he was able to slay those giants. God, he saw God as a, as a breakthrough, absolutely. And so he inherited Kerjaaba for a reason because of those aspects. But again, I'm pointing out, in Scripture we find the giants, but yet we see God overcomes and God empowers. Look at the Scripture here now, in verse 21, that says, And they left their images there, and David and his men carried them away. See, the, the picture here is that the, the having, God having broken through and penetrated and made a, made a striking advance against the enemy. 
so disorientated and defeated them that they left in haste. They scurried, they fled. And uh, they left their idols. And so they, they gathered them up, uh, the scripture says, uh, and in another translation it says that they burnt them. They destroyed them. They carried them away. They disposed of them. And see, that's what happens, amen? Because when God moves, the enemy is utterly defeated. The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. You see, doesn't, he might come like a roaring lion to seek whom he may devour, but I tell you what, if you submit to God, that's what David did by going into the stronghold, seeking God, inquiring of God, and then, in obedience, submit to God. He then resisted according to the word of the Lord and the enemy fled. Why? Were they scared of David? <laughs> they were scared of God. <laughs> Again, you just, we're just making these connections. But there are a few things as we look at that particular portion of Scripture that we can, that we can draw upon. And just let me state it further. We have to learn the fact, as we know, that we're in a war, that there are giants, that we have a stronghold, a rock, a fortress, that we, can, we have fled for refuge, the scripture says. We must inquire of God. This is important and imperative that we do this. And then God reveals himself as a God of breakthrough and the enemy flees and he's defeated. Praise the Lord. But let's look further because it says in verse 22 then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephim. How's that, eh? You think the devil's just going to give up and go away? It ain't going to happen. Because in this life uh, we are in a battle and it's a battle of attrition so to speak because the enemy, uh, he, he might have been defeated in one moment but you tell you what, the Bible says he's looking for an opportune time. You know, when uh, here we have the enemy being defeated but what happens, it says once again the Philistines are back and they're back in the valley of Rephim. Again, they're facing a sim, uh, something similar in, the, in their circumstances. You know, when Jesus Christ himself was tempted, the Bible says the devil left him for an op- and waited for an opportune time. And so, just, we can't rest on the victories of the past, amen, because we always have to face the reality of the present. And then all of a sudden, the enemy shows up again. Have you ever, you, am I making sense? Are you identifying with what I'm saying here? And uh, so all of a sudden we're back at this place. You go, we just had, I mean, God, but we were at Barbarism not long ago. We had a mighty victory in God and now once again they've deployed themselves and they're back. But this is the reality of what we're dealing with. This is the testimony of Scripture. The Bible tells us that after David defeated Goliath, uh, uh, was that the only giant that had to be slain? No. In 2 Samuel um, chapter 21, let me read it to you, just so we can. Verse 18, it says, Now it happened afterwards that there was again a battle with the Philistines. Again, once again. There was a battle with the Philistines at Gob, 
Then Sibekai the Hushakite killed Saph, who, anyway, who was one of the sons of the giant. And then in verse 19, once again, again there was war at Gob with the Philistines, where Alathan, the son of Jared, I get all these names, so I'll just skip him, killed the brother of Goliath. There's another giant that had to be, whose shaft was, uh, uh, of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Now look at verse 20. And again, there was war at Gath, where there was a man of great stature who had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 in number, and he was also born to the giant. These giants just keep showing up. They just won't go away. Can you picture that? It's like, again. But you see, we're in a battle church. And the enemy, this is what we call a war of attrition. You know what a war of attrition is? It's where you want to grind down your opponent. It doesn't happen overnight or one defeat. It's a subtle advancement, advancement, and you just keep coming, 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 and it's a battle of attrition until they can make inroads. And that's, that's how the enemy works. And so we sometimes can feel weary. That's why we have to go to the stronghold. Amen. Because we need it. Let's face it. But if, when you come out of the, when you inquire of God and you come in the power of God, you can get out of the stronghold and you can do what God has told you to do and you can do it with confidence and boldness, assured of victory. Praise the Lord. See, I'd love to say that there's only ever going to be just one giant to face, but I would not, by the testimony of Scripture, be telling you the truth. Here they are again. The devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And when he sees prey that is vulnerable, when he sees weakness, when he, he sees blood, I'm telling you, the scripture says he is waiting for an, a, a, a lion or uh, is, is, uh, is waiting to pounce on its prey. It's waiting for it to be at a certain place at a certain point of time and then when the opportunity comes, bang. That's what the enemy's like. And so... We have to be mindful of that and beware of these things. <coughs> but what happens next is interesting. You see, the Bible says in verse 23, Therefore David inquired of the Lord and said, Oh, sorry, sorry. And David inquired of the Lord. So David's asking God again. He say, Okay, God, what do I do? And, uh, and God says, you shall not go up. You see, the tendency is to think, well, last time I had a major victory. This is what I did. God was a God of breakthrough. Praise the Lord. And we walk in that confidence. And so when we face a similar situation or a circumstance presents itself, we think uh, that we can just do the same thing as before and somehow we're going to be assured of victory. But you see, that's not always the case and this is what this scripture is telling us because the, what it also reveals is our God is a God of strategy. Okay? He doesn't always work in exactly the same way to bring about victory. And we have to be sensitive to this. We have to be mindful of this. You see, when you go into the promised land, every, when they engaged in battle, that God gave them specific strategies and instructions that related to each, each battle that they were facing. 
And so too, in life as we go, we have to be sensitive. We have to inquire of God because the, 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 new, the, the, the new battle that you're facing may require you to act and conduct yourself and approach it differently. And what we need is the mind of God for the moment to assure ourselves of victory because if we will inquire of God, obey what God has told us to do, then we can walk with the confidence that God will break through. But you see, it's easy for David just to say, well, I'll just go back to Baal Perizim and all will be over. But God says, no, don't do anything. You shall not go up. He says in verse 23, circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. You see, this is, we're talking about a God of strategies. It says in verse 24, And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly, for then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. You see, what we realise here is that God's not going to work in every situation exactly the same way. Now God is going to assure a victory. God will win. God always leads us to triumph in Christ. Hallelujah. And so we have these promises from God but we must be sensitive and mindful of this because otherwise if we fail to work on the basis of presumption and assumption we can get ourselves into trouble. You see, the conf- this level of confrontation about uh, Perisim was not God's preferred method, method in this instance. In actual fact, God has said to him, go down to the mulberry trees. In other words, God's saying, listen, I want you to retreat from here and I want you to go and circle and I want you to go back and, sit, and just sit back there. And they're like, no, we're going to go up now. We're going to you know, do as we did before. And this teaches us something because in life we have to be sensitive to what we're dealing with and God has to give us a strategy in order to uh, overcome the enemy in the midst of the giants of life that we face. Can you say amen? This is important, church. Because we have to learn to move when God moves. Because God says to David, go down and he says... When in front of the mulberry trees and it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops then you shall advance quickly and then I will strike them. You see, it's a matter of moving when God moves. Otherwise we'll suffer setbacks. Otherwise we'll find ourselves overcome in the situation and the circumstance. But you see, God promises that he's going to give us a strategy for victory. And one of the scriptures that came to my mind as I was just pondering this was in Psalm 89 verse 22. The Bible says, and God is speaking, and it says, the enemy shall not outwit him. This is talking about David and it's talking about, in a sense, Christ as well as typified. But the promise is general and can apply to us. The enemy shall not outwit him nor the sons of wickedness afflict him. Because I tell you now, uh, if we are inquiring of God and listening to God's voice uh, and, we're, uh, and we're seeking the counsel of God, then God will speak to us. God will give us a strategy. He'll give us instruction. The Bible says the enemy shall not outwit him. Isn't that a wonderful promise to consider? 
God says, listen to the sound of the mulberry trees, then go. You see, you have to learn to move when God moves. When God says, now it's time. Because if you operate... This is a, see, what this is, is a picture of the Spirit. It's a picture of the hosts of heaven that have come down and are advancing at a particular moment. And God says, when you hear the sound, when you, when you, when you see the indicator and hear the indicator, then advance quickly and strike them because I'm going before you right then. And so this is a matter of learning to walk in the Spirit, to be sensitive uh, to the Spirit because uh, if we were to conduct ourselves in the flesh then we can do ourselves many harm and so often we have thinking that we're, we're hearing from God and acting in God's power when we're acting according to the carnal man, we're acting in the flesh and uh, what happens then is we suffer a setback and a humiliation. But if we are working with God and we're being sensitive to God and, uh, and God, I trust, will speak to us, God will give us a strategy, then we can uh, work and walk when, when he moves. And so look at what happens after that is the enemy is battered and the enemy is bruised and God brought a victory. Praise the Lord. You see... There is lots of things that we can draw from, lots of things that we can learn. But I would say to us, inquire of the Lord, seek God. Because you know what? And that, we can, and that can sometimes, as we seek God, we can talk to people, we can get some counsel if necessary. But, you know, read your Bible because I, just, I trust that God will speak to you, God will minister to you, God will help you. It says in verse 25, And David did so, as the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. Now the word here in the Hebrew, in Gezer, means something cut off, to cut down and to destroy. And so when, we, when, when God moves, when God acts and we, work, and we move with him, there is a decisive victory. Decisive. Are, the enemy is cut off at the legs. The enemy is cut off and they drove them from Geba as far as Gezer and there was safety yet again. There was victory yet again. The, the, the giants had been defeated again in the valley of Rephim. And this is, uh, this is uh, giving us some spiritual insight and strategies to the, the spiritual dimensions of life and the war in which we fight. And there are things that we can read this and, and apply into our own lives. And I pray that the Lord would speak to each of us this morning in relation to this. Because you say, well, I don't have any giants. Well, somewhere along the line, they're going to they're come. They're going to present themselves. Something will present itself in such a way. And it's important that we understand these and draw confidence from God in relation to these things. Because you know what? It may be that God will say to you, Go down to Baal-perism, so to speak, and you'll see God break through in, in a miraculous power in, a, in a, moment, a moment of time. Or it might be that God will say to you, no, what I want you to do on this occasion is go and circle around, go uh, in front of the mulberry trees, and when you hear the sound, then advance quickly. And so get the mind of God. Act and, and, uh, and seek God and then as you walk with God, as you act and walk in the Spirit, you will gain an ascendancy spiritually in your life. 
Praise the Lord. Our God is a God of breakthrough. Let's pray. Father, we just bless the wonderful name of Jesus this morning. God, there are situations and circumstances in our lives. I have absolutely no doubt, Lord. And we, we sense, we have a sense, Lord, that the Philistines have gathered in the Valley of Rephim. And Lord, we thank you, God, that we have a stronghold, that we, can, we have fled for refuge, that we can, God, re- just uh, come back and find peace and comfort and security in your presence. Well, God, as we inquire of you, I pray, God, that you would speak to individuals, that you would give, Lord, instruction, you would give wisdom, Lord, and that we would uh, obey the, the command of God. And let it be known, Lord, let us not just build and work on the assumption of what was past, but let us seek the mind of God for the present, because it may be, O oh Lord, that you'll have a different strategy in which we need to, you might call us, rather than confront the enemy, to retreat. And you may cause us, Lord, to operate in such a way, and at the appointed time to act, and knowing then that you will go before us to bring a decisive victory. Lord, let us understand these things, and above all, God, give us the wisdom to find their application in our lives. And I pray, God, for your people. I pray for all that are gathered. And Lord, I ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. A God of breakthrough. Praise the Lord.